It's the Bengals Nation podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Bengals Nation host Jed Demusi with Local12.com digital sports columnist and editor Richard Skinner. Welcome into the Bengals Nation podcast. Jed Demusi and Richard Skinner joining you. We are on the other side of the bye week. The Bengals getting ready to host the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, an eventful bye week. We thought that the Bengals maybe would make some trades. We thought maybe they, they would be sort of on the sidelines when the trade deadline came and went. And it turns out that they did not make any trades, but it was still an eventful week, uh, if for no other reason than Ryan Finley is now the new starting quarterback for the Bengals, the rookie out of NC State, will take over against maybe one of the most aggressive defenses in the NFL in the Baltimore Ravens. Skinny, why now for Ryan Finley? It's a great question. I think some of it was you give him a little extra time with the bye week. Um, I think it being a home game, whether Zach Taylor would answer it this way or not, and I know he wouldn't, were you trying to even give your fan base a spark for a home game and something to, to hang their hat on and, and believe in and, and feel like they needed to come watch and wanted to come watch? I do think some of that factored into it as, as well. Um, and they, they do. They're, they're, they need to evaluate what they have in Ryan Finley. I, I thought it would come maybe in, in those five December games because it just it, it felt like the right time to do it, um, especially when, when, you know, they, they Zach said last week that, um, you know, this isn't the start of a rebuilding process. We're trying to win games. I, I think if you're, try, if you're really trying to win games, you would stick with the veteran, right? That seems to be the logical thing to do. You would eventually look at the, the rookie. But with eight games to go and if you're trying to win games, I think you would try with the veteran, especially the veteran who's had really good success against Baltimore and had really good success. Remember last year, that Thursday night game, Baltimore chose in the first half to blitz Andy Dalton. And what did he do? Threw four touchdown passes, three to A.J. Green. And what did they have to do, Baltimore, in the second half? They stopped blitzing. I mean, he literally threw them out of the blitz. I don't know if Ryan Finley's capable of that yet. And maybe maybe it is a good time to see, can he, can he handle what he's about to face? And if he does, hey, we got something moving forward. And I'm not here to tell you it's going to be 25 of 30 for 310, but if he manages the game, handles himself, gets him in and out of right plays, and who knows, maybe somehow finds a way to get, get this team a win, you, you can hang your hat on that. But uh, that's a big ask, man. It's a huge ask. And, and you can cherry pick stats, and I'm about to do that right now. The lowest passer rating not under pressure this year in 2019, and it's passer rating, and, and you can determine. That's Andy Dalton, yeah. Well, the, number one is Baker Mayfield. Yep. And number two is Andy Dalton, lowest passer rating, not under pressure. The other guys on the list, the top five, Josh Allen, who's a second-year player, mm-hmm. Kyle Allen, who is taking over for Cam Newton, who hasn't been a starter in this league, and Mitch Trubisky, who doesn't have nearly the veteran experience that Andy Dalton does. So as much as, as, you wanna, as, much as someone can say, yes, Andy's had success in this league, yes, Andy's had success against Baltimore this might not be the situation if you're trying to win now there is enough data to say I'm gonna punch a hole in it here so okay go, go ahead, ahead. I, I, yeah because this stat's been brought up before and it is it's a, it, stats are what they are and you're right you can cherry pick them and, I, and I'm not picking on you for this stat I would say though a lot of what they've tried has been that quick passing game right of getting it out of Andy's hand so there's not any pressure going on the problem is there's no one to throw deep to they rarely do drop back to throw it down the field and because of that, even when you're completing a pass, it's for three yards, which actually does hurt your passer rating. That's true. Um, and the fact that they're able to have tight coverage on those, he doesn't have a lot of window to throw the football in. Listen, I, I'm not here to try to completely take up for Andy Dalton. Now, at some point, you do need to see Ryan Finley. Um, but I just don't know with, with what they have around uh, that, that 
that it's going to be a success for the for the kid. I mean, I, I think in fairness, if you knew you were getting A.J. Green back this week, I think I'd have taken one more swing at it with Andy um, because, again, they've had success together against Baltimore. I mean, remember that game, I think, over 200 yards two or three years ago when Andy checked into a play at the, at the goal line that got them a win. And maybe Ryan Finley can do that. I, I, look, I, I will tell you, it makes this game more interesting. I mean, it feels like this has been week to week of nothing but drudgery and nothing new and same old, same old, right? Right. For everything. And problem is, Andy's benching doesn't fix the poorest run defense. It doesn't fix your offensive line. But it at least is interesting. And I, don't, I, I can't disagree with that part of it. I'm interested to see what can a young man do. And, and I think fans, at least it's something for fans to hang their hat. Ryan Finley uh, taking over, not only for Andy Dalton on the field, but at his weekly press conference. And we had a chance, as we're taping on Wednesday afternoon, to, to see Ryan the first Wednesday before a game for him. What were your impressions of sort of how he carries himself? Well, I, I thought last week, too, because we, you know, we didn't talk to him the day they made the decision. They did make him available the next day. And there is an arrogance there, and, and I don't want that to come off the wrong way, because when you hear that... You Confidence? I think it's, it, it's, a, it's actually a little more than that. Okay, all right. Towards the arrogance of it. Um, and it really is, it almost feels like he's in that mode of, guys, it's almost the Aaron Rodgers, R-E-L-A-X. You know, I think I'm smart. I think I uh, throw with good antici anticipation, get the ball out quick. You know, I pride myself on kind of knowing my answers and, and just getting completions and kind of just marching down the field. Well, I got this. And that's not a bad thing. We'll see how that translates when things sure. go haywire, and if they do go haywire. But it's almost like I, I, I asked him last week in one of the questions, I said, are you apprehensive at all? And he gave me kind of a stare down like, dude, don't even ask me that. He said, just excited. And I thought, okay, that's it was, a, it was an interesting answer. It was like, I, I'm not going to answer your silly question because I'm not apprehensive about anything, but I think that's – to him, that was a silly question of, I'm not apprehensive. What do I got to be apprehensive? Well, and it's I'm tough because we always want... I think I would be apprehensive a little bit, right? Right. But I think it's tough because you want people to be honest. We want yes. athletes to be yeah, honest. I think it's been great. But then when they are, it's like, oh, they're too... You know yeah, what no, I mean? I, I yeah. have no problem with this answer. I thought right. it was really interesting. It just was, was like, like, you're really going to ask me what I'm apprehensive? No, man, that just isn't, isn't me. And, and he held himself in, in pretty good stead on Monday. We had an open locker room session. And then today, you know, first day at the podium can be different. Some guys react in that locker room much differently than they do at the podium. Some people are more comfortable away from the podium. I mean, you, you and I both know, while I had my issues with Marvin Lewis and we had our duels at times, he away from the podium, you could, on Fridays, we as beat writers, we could get him off the field for a few minutes and he was way more candid, way more loose. Um, you put him up here with, these, with the microphone and the cameras and, and it was almost like he was, I don't wanna say scares the proper word, he just, he froze up to some degree. So. I guess the good part is if you're expecting Ryan Finley to freeze up, the three media opportunities, including finally the one at the podium today. I think um, being competitive is uh, advantageous in almost all circumstances. But um, yeah, like you said, I'm you know I'm com you know competitive, and I think this team right now is competitive, and I think we're we're excited for a fresh start. You know, we're kind of treating this as a new season, um, and we got a lot of energy and a lot of juice. Um, so you know we're gonna we're gonna try to try to win some football games. He's not frozen up and outs. He's kind of been the exact opposite. He's been borderline arrogant, and that's okay. Offensively, you alluded to it. AJ Green, uh, Zach Taylor at his press conference that hasn't changed, um, saying that he expects AJ to play. Uh, the question was asked, is he going to be on a snap count? And Zach saying, well, I'm not going to tell you exactly how many, but we do have a plan for him. Probably not something I'm going to share, but we certainly have a plan for him of, of how we want to utilize him in this game. And, and it's still an ongoing process. You know, it's, his, it's really his first full week of getting to practice and going a chance to compete. And 
I'm sure it feels different to him, but um, we're all excited for him to get the opportunity. Bringing him back into the fold and the idea that the Bengals are, they must have heard the podcast a few weeks ago when we were talking about how stubborn they were right, staying in that 11 personnel. We saw more of a two tight end look against the Rams. So maybe sort of this offense is getting healthy enough where they can mix in a little more of what Zach ultimately wants yep. to do and you get A.J. Green back. Yeah, and, and we talked to Joe Mixon on Monday as well, and Joe uh, kind of lobbied for extra big body personnel to run. Between. But, you know, he made it a point. He, he, he kind of soft-shooted at times. He said, no, listen, I, I don't mind three wide receivers. He said, but I, I'd like it on occasion for two tight ends and put a fullback and we – said, Joe, you don't have a fullback. Yeah, we do. You just haven't seen him yet. I'm like, okay, well, we, we haven't seen the fullback yet. Um, I don't know who that would be. I guess would that C. be Shrek? Or, yeah. yeah. Um, so he lobbied for some of those bigger personnel groupings. And if you recall, I mean, against the Rams the first half, uh, they ran the ball as well as they've run it probably outside of that one drive against Arizona. In fact, they did run it as well as they had any time outside of Arizona. And Zach alluded to some of it was that, that when they went to the 12 personnel grouping, um, that uh, which was the two tight end look, that they were still playing, the, the, the Rams were still playing six defensive backs. So that's why they were able to run. So maybe you can dictate. I, I think the, 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 the only issue I'd have with Zach Taylor with the way he's answered these questions is, how about instead of you worrying about what they're doing, how about you dictate what you want to do? And I know the answer would be, well, I want to do 11 personnel. Well, you don't really have the guys to pull that off. It's not helping you in the running game. And to their credit, you're right, that last Rams game, they got out of that. I think you will see probably more 11 in this game, but part of the 11 is A.J. Green. I think I mentioned to you, if you want to run that 11 personnel group, which is three wide receivers, one tight end, one running back, if you do have A.J. Green and John Ross and, and Tyler Boyd, by all means, use that as you know, 80% of the time. But when you didn't and you were just down to, to Tyler Boyd and Auden Tate and Alex Erickson, who, to their credit, they played okay. They're not dynamic receivers. They're capable receivers. And stop being stubborn. And I think – Maybe this last game was a turn towards saying, all right, you know what, we are being stubborn with this. Let, let's try something different. And maybe it, was, maybe it took Sean McVay's comments, who on the conference call last week basically said, yeah, if you don't have the personnel, it's dumb. You're an, yeah, I think he used, you're an idiot to do it. I don't think he realized we were asking that in regards to, to Zach because he caught himself. But I think you know, his point was, listen, in Washington when I was there, we had two good tight ends. We had Vernon Davis and, and, uh, and Jordan Reed. We used two tight ends. You use your personnel to the best of their ability. And I think Zach was a little stubborn with that for the first seven games. I want to go back to Andy Dalton for a second, only to ask the question that at the end of that game against the Rams, he threw a pass to Auden Tate that was initially ruled a touchdown. Mm -hmm. That touchdown wouldn't have mattered, except, except that it would have given Andy the all-time lead in t career touchdowns thrown by a Bengals quarterback. Instead, that play was reviewed, it was taken off the board, so he remains tied with Ken Anderson with 197 career touchdowns thrown. My question to you is, at the end of the day, or I guess at the end of Andy Dalton's career, will he be the all-time touchdown passing leader for the Bengals? He's also 2,000 yards behind Ken Anderson in, uh, in passing yeah, yards. Yeah, I think he's seven completions behind, too. So, I mean, he's got a couple of records in sight. I, I think the, the, the bigger question is, will we see Andy Dalton throw another pass, period? And I would say, I think as long as Ryan Finley stays healthy, and that's the caveat i got to give you, because if, if Ryan gets hurt, Andy's the, the backup for now because Jake Dolgala won't be, be active at this point. Um, I don't. I think they're wedded to the idea of, of riding Ryan Finley out the whole way. Um, I mean, I guess could it be the Nathan Peterman moment of four interceptions and a half and you just have to yank the guy before he ruins himself in front of God and everybody? I mean, maybe, but I, I, 
I think I'm of the yoke that Andy stays stays tied for career touchdowns and, and honestly doesn't throw another pass for the Bengals, barring a Ryan Finley injury. Sort of the uh, wizard behind the curtain, uh, as it were, is this defense. That there's really not – there's a lot of offense. Finley, new right. quarterback, that's going to take a lot of the attention. But as we come out of the bye week, what position is this defense in to face, oh, yeah, Lamar Jackson, who's now getting MVP chance? Uh, you at least, you know, you've got Darquez Denard back, so it does give you now with him and William Jackson two of your three corners. You haven't had all three together, but I don't think that has been, mattered in the, in the run defensive part of it. That's just it. I mean, Carl Lawson comes back and – Okay, that helps you on third down, but does that help your run defense? I, I, I don't think there is a fix. I mean, I, there, there really hasn't been to this point. The only fix for me now is the offseason. I mean, they had this last offseason and wrote it out and thought, ah, you know, we get a few guys healthy and, um, you know, we draft a third-round guy again and, and we're going to be okay. You know, obviously through eight games you haven't been okay. And then there's no sudden magic. There's no, like, great linebacker that's coming off IR for you to help you. It's what you've got. I mean, I guess the hope would be um, watching them Monday, and as we're taping this, we're going to go out and watch a little bit of practice today, the portion that we're allowed to watch. Um, Jermaine Pratt was, was, was running with Nick Vigil, Vigil as, as in the two linebackers. So I don't know if that's a changing of the guard with Preston Brown, and we're going to see more Jermaine Pratt. And for that, he has not played great. He's played very much like a rookie. He's all over the map. He's, he's a whirling dervish who sometimes gets himself caught in really bad spots. But if we're going to evaluate some guys. It's the same thing with Ryan right, Finley let's, playing. Let's yeah. throw him out there for a full game. Let's evaluate him. Let him play through the mistakes. Let him let him cut his teeth. Let him see that. That's really a, a hard ask when it's it's Lamar Jackson. I was talking to Nick Vigil, and I said, you know, from, from the game to the film when you watched it, I said, was there a play that you recall where you thought you had an angle on him and suddenly he was gone? He said, yeah, I remember one for sure. He said, I had leverage where I wanted it. He said, I thought I had the angle on him. He said, I come downhill at him, and all of a sudden he's gone. So, I mean, that's a big ask. When you, you, know, you think you've got it as a linebacker, you've right. got everything in it right there, and that guy's good enough. To still make a play on you, that, that's a special that's a special player. So, yeah, I, I, I can't see anything that, that makes me think this defense gets any significantly better. Um, I mean, I, I guess better for them would be allowing 410 yards as opposed to 440 or 500, and is that really a, a great accomplishment? So a changing of the guard and, and maybe not much change on defense. Uh, we'll be back with Richard Skinner's prediction for this Sunday coming up in a minute. So for the second time in this podcast, Short Life, after we taped, there was some big news. All of the hope, all of the excitement surrounding A.J. Green's return this week. What you heard Coach Taylor say, summarily shot down minutes after we finished recording. A.J. Green was not at practice on Wednesday, and he spoke to reporters Thursday, clearing up his ankle situation, which will keep him out week 10 against the Ravens. I already knew what my ankle was going to do. I already know the whole process of this this injury. Um, um, so I already I knew it. Um, I'm not getting frustrated by anything because there's nothing I can do. Um, for me, I just got to keep pushing. I did more than I ever did on Monday. So that's actually getting in there, running routes back to back, back to back, and then doing the individuals running routes back to back, back to back. Um, so that's more I did the whole time. So. I was confident I could practice on Wednesday. And, Which was another and, step. Yeah. Another step to where I can go from there. Um, like I said, I never thought, I never told anybody I was going to play, but I thought in confidence if I got through Wednesday and it felt fine, there would have been a, a strong possibility that I could play. Um, you know, with that, and they would have had to limit my snaps and or whatever they were trying to do on that part. But This week on Bengals Nation, which you can see at 1130 on Local 12, I was keeping it 100 with B.W. Webb, Bengals cornerback, who thinks he could have made it professionally 
In another sport, if you weren't playing football, is there another sport you think you'd you'd like to try your hand at that you'd be okay at? I'd definitely play in the NBA. Yeah? 100% in the NBA. More from B.W. Webb on the show, including who he would want to play with in his dream starting five in the NBA. Okay, we're back with Skinny. The uh, Bengals hosting the Ravens coming off the bye week. You can see the game 1 o'clock on Local 12. Skinny will be by after the game for analysis along with Doug Pelfrey on the Sports Authority. That will over a realist and an optimist of late. He is, which is, I think, it, Doug Doug was a very big Marvin Lewis guy. He was. Very big, right. and I think he thought that another year of Marvin may be what this team needed, and, you know, after an 0-8 start, ah. I don't know. But as you look at the Ravens, this is a team coming off a gigantic win. Anytime you beat the Patriots, it's a big win. This is a, a Ravens defense, and, and Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator, who made Tom Brady look like a rookie quarterback at times, now gets to face an actual rookie quarterback, making his first starts. Uh, I don't know how much optimism there is in the jungle, but I'll leave that to you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, this is almost like the last scenario where they were a double-digit favorite. I think they opened nine and a half, maybe ten. Does that sound right? I think that was what the spread mm -hmm. was somewhere around there. We'll say, we'll say ten just for argument's sake. Um, they were 11 and a half the last time, and I actually nailed the score 23-17 Ravens. I, I think it's something similar to that. I'll go. I, I like oddball scores. So I'm going to go 22-13 Ravens. The Ravens get the win in the cover. Um, just human nature being what it is. You mentioned. I mean, they had a big. That's a big win to beat New England on national TV on Sunday night. So the week gets a little bit shortened. Um, everybody now telling you how great you are. Everybody's now telling you in Baltimore that hey, maybe you're the team now to beat in the AFC. And maybe it's not New England, and, and maybe they are. I mean, they're they've they've been really good. But human nature being what it is, um, I think they have a bit of a letdown. It allows the Bengals to hang around, but I, I can't see them cranking up the offense. And you can see you can see it almost happen the way it did the last time with the Ravens, right? They get a big lead, and they put together an eight-minute drive and run out a bunch of clock, and possessions get shortened. So I'll, I'll go Ravens 22-13, but the Bengals do get the cover. Uh, right now the line is 10 points. Right. Ravens so are, are, get, are favored by 10. I want to ask you one last question here to wrap this one up. Um, and, and this is more of a, a broader picture across the state in terms of the NFL, but also uh, within the division. You have two teams who are replacing Super Bowl-winning quarterbacks. Now, the Ravens began that process last year, and they did that by choice, moving on from Joe Flacco. And the Steelers, sort of more by necessity, but Ben Roethlisberger, if he wouldn't have gotten injured this year, that process probably would have started in the next few years because of how long he's been in the league. Those are the two teams that are... One two. One two in the standings. When you talk about culture and you talk about front office and you talk about these sort of things, the reason why the Ravens feel comfortable going after a guy like Lamar Jackson and giving him an opportunity is because everything else is sort of in place and you see these two teams, and obviously the Bengals replaced their head coach, but you see these two teams who maybe have two of the best cultures in the NFL just completely bypassing a quarterback change with the other two teams in the league. And there's got to be something to be said for the way those organizations are run from the top down. No, and that goes back to they made a tough decision both well. The, the Steelers haven't made that, but they made a tough decision with Antonio Brown and with Le'Veon Bell. Those are tough decisions, man. Don't, don't, I, mean, it, right. I, know, I know Antonio Brown had worn out his welcome, but that's still hard to move on from that guy. Um, you had to, though. He forced you into a corner. And that's where, you know, when we talk about the whole A.J. Green thing at the, at, the, at the trade deadline, and maybe there were no takers, and maybe you can tag him and trade him at the end of the year. Maybe there's some things you can still do to get some value for him. 
That's what good organizations do. You have to make tough decisions, even when it means, God, A.J. Green's beloved, and he's still a really good player, and we think he can help us, but is he going to help us enough to offset the cost? And for, for Baltimore, it was literally, they drafted Lamar Jackson with it in mind. I don't know if they thought it was going to be midway through last year, but it got to the point where they said, let's just do it. Let's go with this. this is, you know, we, we got the other parts in place. You know, Mason Rudolph, I don't know if he'd be a good quarterback, but he's at least got some things around him, and they're winning games. So you, you have to make those tough decisions, and that's the thing. The Bengals don't have someone, in my opinion, in place who's either able to make those tough decisions, willing to make those tough decisions, and that's why you get caught in a rut that you're in right now. And and they have got a major rebuilding plan on 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 tap for them, and let's see how they address it. Whether they like it or, or not. not. Right. So, all right, that'll wrap up this week on the Bengals Nation podcast. Next week, the Bengals are on the road at Oakland. Skinny and I will be back next week to get you ready for that game out west as well.